Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW, talking all things in the world of sports. Fresh off a couple big victories for the local football teams, Ashley. Let's see here. Sorry, I I got you unmuted there. All right. Big win for our cards yesterday. Before Mike comes back in the room, we'll go ahead and say, (laughs) right? Big win for an, an ACC victory for the cards. Got to love it. On the road, in prime time, at Syracuse. Mike, you got to be reeling after that big cards win over Syracuse. I uh, did not see it. I was, I, was, I was cheering on my St. Xavier Tigers to, who beat Trinity. Oh, that's night. right. That's right. A couple uh, big wins for you. Oh, yeah. It was a, quite possibly the greatest weekend ever, actually, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I was happy a little one. I mean, and not only that, but they got off to kind of a slow start. But they, uh, from what I could gather, but C- they came out it, it, when it was all said and done. Very solid victory for the Cards. They've got a hell of a defense. Huge, huge road win. I mean, that's a big road. Win. It is. It is a, a huge road win. Obviously, I was joking during the introduction. The big win of the weekend, Ashley. We got to admit, was. Kentucky defeating probably the head coach that they would most like to beat year in, year out, and Steve Spurrier at Commonwealth. Well, I mean, Bobby Petrino is probably the coach we want to beat year in, and year out. Really? Okay. I mean, but yeah. I mean, Steve Spurrier is number two then. But I mean, it's actually it's, kind of weird because Spurrier was actually kind of respectful even before the game about the job that Mark Stoops is doing at UK and said that, hey, they're on the right track. And, you know, I, at the beginning of the year, I don't know if people remember, my big thing was I just wanted to see these guys compete to the finish, not quit. In, in situations in the past where we would have quit. And that, to me, happened twice last night. Kentucky got down 14 nothing early, uh, looked like they could have easily quit, and then just got routed. And then, uh, you know, took the lead on an amazing play that uh, that got the uh, – did you see the trick play, actually by any chance? Or like the, the No, I missed that. I actually – I started – I watched, I guess, the Alabama game. Yeah. And then after that went off. I was flipping, 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 looking for the UK game, which was shocking. <laughs> and I couldn't find it. In the 900s, I have Time Warner. Ugh. But then... Um, which is going away. Someone called. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, someone called and said that it was on like five something. So we ended up being able to watch it. So I didn't get to see that part. We actually didn't even get to watch it until the third quarter. So can, yeah, in the third quarter, in Kentucky the, yeah. made this trick play that they, they went to the Wildcat formation and did it, ran a reverse off the Wildcat and then pitched it back to... Uh, to Patrick Tolles, who found Ryan Timmons wide open. That gave Kentucky the, the first lead they had, 24-17, but then South Carolina goes back, scores three straight touchdowns. Kentucky's down by 14 again in the fourth quarter. I'm thinking it's over. And uh, no quit in this Kentucky Wildcat yeah, team. That was impressive. I mean, that's huge. Because I wondered um, if you know they had played well the whole game. I wondered if they'd be able to, or from what I saw from the end of the third quarter, I wondered if they'd be able to finish. Because, um, you know, sometimes when teams are still remotely young, they have a hard time closing. But I thought they did a really good job. I was very very much impressed. And you know that takes a lot for me to admit. Well, I, and I appreciate that. Because <laughs> I would think that the, from what you, you know, from the Twitter world, I guess, of what you saw of on from UofL fans, was basically just bashing the SEC East and how bad the SEC East is. And to me, it's like you've got to, at some point, Louisville football fan to me is so obnoxious it's not even funny because they've got oh. they've got to at some point admit that Kentucky might be on the right track and this comes off the heel of uh, of the news article this week 
that that occurred uh, that Rick Bozich I think ran that said that if the uh, the Las Vegas oddsmakers had to pick a favorite right now for the Kentucky Louisville game, even though the game's in Louisville, Las Vegas would choose Kentucky as at least a two to three point favorite. Meanwhile, Louisville fans don't care. <laughs> because, Why would they not care? Because we, and I had this conversation last night because I absolutely positively knew you were going to say that. But <laughs> well, I mean, actually, what, if Kentucky beats Louisville, I don't think that any, even if Louisville were to have a complete flop of a season, I don't think there would become a real sense of pessimism <laughs> across the Cards fan base. Because we got Bobby Petrino. Yep. And, we know what he does. And we know that it's his first season, regardless of whether or not he's been here. And, I mean, truth be told, this is, quote, not his team. So any other coach wouldn't even be expecting for them to do this well. But why I say that we don't care is because we play Clemson at Clemson next week. We're con- more concerned about that. And then we Absolutely. play NC State, and then we play Florida State, and then we play Boston College and Notre Dame, all of whom are playing well. That so, is a very good point. Boston College is not playing well. They well, got one win over USC. But. Well, okay. Overall, still, that's a still treacherous one, that's schedule. One, right. one game out of, what, five? Right. And then when we get to the week of, I think on November the 23rd, then we'll say, huh, I, I mean, I agree. If you, again, if you were on the team, you had to take it week by week, but we're fans, so but, we can look at the yeah. whole scope. But as a fan that was, is a former athlete, I look at game by game because the fact that what happens between this past game and next week with Reggie Bonifon could change what the rest of the season looks like. If he does really, really well, we have a potential to have a strong rest of the season. If very he blows strong. it. Yeah, very strong potential. If he doesn't do very well, or, God forbid, Will Gardner is back in the quarterback position, we might be looking at a rough October and November. So, And depending on when they get Devontae Parker back. Yeah, hopefully Huge. he's back. By Clem- well, they he- said he might be able to play this week. It's been kind of quiet on that front. You know, there had to be. <clears throat> Not a lot of conversation. I know there was something in the Courier this week that he was on, that he was on schedule or front, but or in front of schedule, but still no target date given, which I thought we would have had by now that he would you know potentially play this week against Clemson. Yeah, I read something in the paper. I think it was early next week, and they were saying that um, he was on track and would be practicing the week before the Clemson game. So I don't know. I guess they're not going to tell us, which I don't like. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz, coming at you as we do every Sunday with our star-studded lineup of myself, Kelly Patrick, Mike Gandolfo, and the lovely Ashley Miller, talking all things in the world of sports. We do appreciate you tuning in. We encourage you to give us a call. 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. We'd love to hear your take on the, the Kentucky big win, on Louisville's win on Friday over Syracuse, the rest of the card season, the rest of the cat season. We're brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. If you're listening, you enjoy us, you, you enjoy the weekend sports buzz. We've been on the air now for going on three years. Um, I'm sure you've had many hours of listening to us. You've enjoyed us. If you have any personal injury attorney question or needs, give Brandon a call, 502-587-0041. Brandon J. Lawrence, the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Kelly, was there ever a time in the last month where you thought it was possible that Kentucky and Louisville could play each other in the final game of the year with the same record? No. I'll answer that for him. <laughs> no, I no, I did and not. It's, it's, that's plausible right now. Is that not? It's possible. Yeah, it is. I mean, Kentucky's probably going 5-1 and one after, next, after next week. You would, you would hope that they could beat Louisiana Monroe. 
who's knocked off some good good teams. They beat Wake Forest. All right, we got to admit, Ashley, they're four and one. They have two SEC victories after over two years of not having an SEC victory. Mark Stoops. It's Mark Stoops, right? It's not Bob Stoops. It's Mark Stoops. He's starting to look a lot like his brother. He's starting to look like a top-tier coach. Yeah, hopefully not going to Michigan or anything like that pretty soon. So that That's where I was headed. Um, he's pulling off what I would say is a somewhat similar act to what Charlie Strong did, right? I would, uh, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, he doesn't have ways, Teddy Bridgewater. In some ways, I think it's almost a little bit more impressive. Because it's being done in the SEC? Well, it's being done. I mean, I think it was... It's easier to have done it at Louisville in the Big East than what has been, you know. So because yeah. of, because of the SEC, yeah, and where Kentucky was, well, I don't know. I guess where Kentucky was and where Louisville was was pretty similar. I don't know if the cover was as bare. I don't. I don't know. I would. I, I would draw a lot of parallels. Obviously, they have different recruiting bases. Where does Mark Stoops focus on Ohio? Uh, Charlie Strong, obviously, with his Miami and all over the state of Florida connections. Uh, but Mark Stoops coming through with some big, impressive victories. I was at a bachelor party last night. Celebrating the Kentucky win. I was. Every, my brother and I were there, and then there was like nine Kentucky fans. So we got to sit, where were we? Champions. Over on, I think it's 3rd Street. Got to sit and watch the, watch the entire uh, uh, Kentucky game. And that was a very... Up and down roller coaster of emotions type game, and they came through with just the most clutch interception, pick six, right? Yeah, I like to pass by uh, by Douglas. So the the I saw Randall Cobb on the sidelines during the game. A lot of very interesting conversations came from that game last night. Me being the Louisville fan who does try my best to be somewhat objective and realize. The Kentucky football has some type of tradition. Also saw Jar- Jared Lorenz in there. Whoa. Did you see him? Yes. The Pillsbury throw boy. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I was thinking, my gosh, because when they showed his, the years he played, I was like, man, he's been done for 10 years, but he's really big. Certainly hasn't been finished eating. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, but I think Jared Lorenzen is great. Do you he's know, got a great personality. Do you, do you know Jared? I've met him a couple of times. Um, I, I think he's great. I think um, he was probably the most talented quarterback still in the arena, in the entire Commonwealth Stadium, right? Uh, in, the, in the Commonwealth Stadium? I would say, yeah. Over Couch? Was Couch there? Oh, last night. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he can walk into about anywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he can probably beat 95% of the people that he sees in a 40-yard dash. <laughs> he he, he, he is one of, the, one of the more impressive athletes, especially given his stature that I've seen in my life. And it seems to be a very nice guy. I've heard him on KSR a few times, and he fields questions about when he blew. What was the big game that he blew? Uh, I think maybe Florida. There I think a, it was a game against Florida. Yeah, maybe. A couple games. Was it, he was involved in the LSU game yep. where they, they had the pick six at the end, uh, where LSU did. And it wasn't a pick six, but LSU like connected on like a Hail Mary. Kind okay, of that's what it was, yeah. I'm confusing my, my games there. But Jared Lorenzen seems to be a great ambassador for the program. I was asking my friends at the game, is Randall Cobb now the face of professional football that has came from the University of Kentucky. Is he the most successful pro 
to ever come out of University of Kentucky no. when it comes to football. Who is? Art Still. Art Still, okay. Yeah, I mean, you, I mean, there's not even... Art of our generation. L- listen, Randall Cobb to me is the greatest Kentucky football player of all time of my generation that I ever saw. And I think for what he meant to UK football at a time when things got... We're you know, going from pretty bright to kind of dim. He was always just this unbelievable star. And then to see what he's done in the NFL... I think it's been great just because he was still kind of fought the same things he did coming to college football. You know, he's undersized. He's really not all that fast, ironically. You know, but he's he seems to have a knack to get the what he gets done. One uh, of the best athletes in the world, I would say. Yeah, and then now, you know. Ashley, am I getting a little carried away saying that? Mm. Randall Cobb's a great athlete. Maybe I am exaggerating. He, he He went to a great place to thrive in Green Bay. Couldn't be a better... I wouldn't pick anywhere to Returned go. Returned his first ever kickoff for a did, touchdown. Did he? That's right. Yeah. I think he may have also caught a touchdown that yeah, game. He did. He was unreal. I remember watching game. that. And, uh, you know, he the guy, it just I think Kentucky fans just absolutely love him. I mean, I just think he's, as far as the face of Kentucky football and, and who they, Kentucky wants to, you know, put on their shoulders as like one of their favorite sons, Ray Nacob's definitely one of them. Now, switching it back to the Louisville Cardinals, we've got all sorts of stuff to talk about today. So if you want to get in on the talk, 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. The Louisville Cardinals have a guy who, who's now the clear-cut favorite for being the face of the Cards program in the mm-hmm. NFL, and that's Teddy Bridgewater, who I'll, I'll draw a parallel. I know this may be exaggerating, but when Peyton Manning got hurt that one year, the Colts, were I think they went to where they were, Two and fourteen, without their quarterback. Not too far off, and this is a one-game scenario. From Teddy Bridgewater came in and started, and the, and the Vikings had just a huge offensive game. They looked great. They played great. Then the next week, he was hurt. They went back to Christian Ponder, and they were horrible. How valuable is Teddy Bridgewater? Well, I think also we were discussing that when we were making our picks. If you remember, before Teddy's first start, and we, you and I, picked against Teddy. Yeah, I was going to make sure we said that. And Ashley pitched, pitched Teddy's <laughs> team, but he, she basically said it was basically just to support Teddy, and she didn't really expect it yeah, to, well, to happen. I, think, like, I was talking about that actually yesterday. So there's something about that kid, and he's just anointed. He has like such a gift, and things typically tend to just work out in his favor. And I think they have, um, him and Teddy and Randall have the same kind of intangible qualities, right? I mean, was that fair to say they have the same kind of like... They happen to be in glamour positions, which are big-time playmakers. It's, you know, uh, Larry Warford, the offensive lineman from Kentucky, has had a, uh, a lot of success in his young career for the Lions, a very hot Lions team. But he doesn't have the... He's not in a glamour position. Nobody talks about him. So these guys happen to be fantasy football caliber positions, people who are on the national radar. I saw an entire segment while I was on the treadmill the other day. I said... Uh, it was on mute, but I don't know exactly what they were saying. But I saw Stephen A. Smith on ESPN talking for an extended period of time about Teddy Bridgewater and his value. Mm-hmm. So they happen to be at the glamour positions, and they have that, that quality. You're right, Mike. The, the playmaker quality where, I mean, these guys are, hopefully they, they have long, fruitful careers in the league, but they are to Louisville football and to Kentucky football I'll say what Peyton Manning was to the Tennessee Volunteers of, of recent times. You know what I really like about both those guys is how humble they are at those glamour positions. How many guys are at those glamour positions are as humble as those two guys? Not Jameis Winston. No. Not Johnny Manziel. Mm-hmm. 
No, you're right. They handle it the right way, and they're very likable guys. And I just, uh, you know, and I'm glad you brought up the Tay Bridgewater thing because that was something I was thinking about in the cars. Like, how much does, how different did the Vikings look with Teddy at quarterback? That's what I, I was, mean. It, it was just, it was unreal mm-hmm. to see how much better they looked with him at quarterback than even with Matt Castle at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And then Christian Ponder, who just looked horrible. I mean, they went, they were, they were terrible Thursday night. I mean, just mm-hmm. abysmal. Their offense was horrible. Teddy is truly appears to be. On the verge of having a, a very good NFL career as a starter. Yep. That's never happened for a quarterback in our lifetimes from the state of Kentucky, out of a school from the state of Kentucky, has well, it? I mean, Couch was a starter for a pretty long time. Okay, he was. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, you can't, and, and if Couch isn't on that Browns team <laughs> with basically no support, no offensive line, and he, Couch still took that Browns team to a playoff, a playoff uh, series. So it's like, uh, you, Couch has got to be put up there a little bit. Yeah, but and then you can't downplay, even though Chris wasn't necessarily a, a, a starter, and Chris Redman had an unbelievable NFL career. And sure. As did Jeff Brom. Sure. He carried yeah. a clipboard for some great teams. I'm not taking a shot at him, but a, another topic that we could jump into is how great is Jeff Brom looking? Mm, well, yeah. Did they end up winning last night? Because I know it was like back and forth, nip and tuck, and UAB took the lead. I was listening night. to it on the radio, and that's a good question. I don't know the answer to. I'll, I'll bring that up here. Okay. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line is 502-384-1450. You got any comments on the cards or cats or previewing the NFL action for today, give us a call. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We got our man, Carolina Steve, on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Carolina? Just fine. Both of y'all are wrong about the players from the two schools that uh, for the NFL. Number one, for Louisville, there's never been a better quarterback. He quarterbacked the greatest game ever played, and I'm talking about Johnny Unitas. No denying that. No denying it. But, I mean, again, as far as putting your face to a program right now, in my lifetime, I'm 31 years old, Carolina, right. so I'm, I'm talking my lifetime. But you're right, the Johnny Unitas Award is a big deal. Johnny Unitas is clearly, historically, the face of, of the Louisville football program. No question about it. Who is your Kentucky guy? And from the University of Kentucky, a quarterback who played for Paul Bear Bryant. He, put, he played linebacker and quarterback, and at one time he was the leading scorer in the NFL, and that was George Blander. I would actually still put I, I, George Blander was an unbelievable player, but the, I think for the mainstream Kentucky fan, I still think Randall Cobb is the face of that program today. Yes, but you're right, Carolina. Hey, George Blander. How many games has Randall Cobb won in the last minute of the Royals? And what about when he was 57 years old and came off the bench and did all that? Randall Cobb cannot compare to George Blander. Well, Historically, no. Randall Cobb's career is still very young, and in an era that wide receivers are so prevalent and such the, the center stage of ESPN and all the marketing efforts, Randall Cobb certainly has a lot of potential, but you're right. It, it's difficult to compare him to Blanda, who is a Hall of Famer, right? I think we're talking about two different things, though, and personally, because I'm not downplaying the importance. No, I'm not. Right. I'm, talking about two quarter, I'm talking about two football players. Both of them played in the NFL. Blanda is one of my all-time heroes, 
and everything. And I'm sorry. I'm just old school. I'm not new school. That's all right. We appreciate you taking the contrarian view on it, Carolina. That's why That's why we love to have you on, is you bring a different perspective to things. You love Paul Bear Bryant um, and yeah, George Graham to put for him. Okay. Next week, I'm going to be calling you probably from about Charlotte, North Carolina. Okay. I'm going down to see the Clemson Tigers play the Dirty Birds. Uh-oh. Wow. Big what's game. Your pre- what's your prediction on that game, Carolina? 41-12, to 12, Clemson. Clemson's Ooh. defense, great. That defensive end, number three, he... The way he scored that touchdown, uh, Deshaun Watson is probably the best freshman quarterback in the nation right now. I like Dabo Tweeney. I like him to be down there among a bunch of people that get there to the game on time. And there when the, when the Tigers run down the hill, it's going to be great to go down there and see it. And I'm probably the only person here that can relate to Clinton because I played on that field in 1967. Which is amazing, and matchups like this are what makes Louisville going to the ACC such a big deal. Clemson, in their tradition, is is just amazing. Carolina, you're going to get to see a very significant game for this Cards team next week. Well, it's going to be hard for me next week. Uh, my Pirates go down and play uh, South Florida. That, but I just want to say, the two best quarterbacks I saw on television yesterday and this whole weekend were Shane Carden from East Carolina and Deshaun Watson from Clemson. And both of those had fantastic football games. I'm all in the uh, Sean Carden for uh, uh, Heisman uh, now. He, he was, he's all-time league passer at East Carolina, and he surpassed the guy who I saw put on a heck of a performance at uh, Papa John's, which was David Garrard. So I'm looking forward to this. I do want to say congratulations to the Kentucky Wildcats. That was a great game they played last night. I was worried. So uh, they had a blackout, so I went and I found what I'd worn uh, earlier that day. I put on my East Carolina blackout shirt, and that uh, they were down two touchdowns. I put that on, and they won. So uh, I'm, uh, I was pulling for the Cats, and I enjoyed it, and uh, – it's going to be great. I'm looking for uh, that last game of the season. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun. It'll be fun. And I'm going to tell you what. There's no doubt in my mind right now. Well, everybody says the guy from uh, Western Kentucky is the best quarterback. But I like uh, Toes. And I don't like either one of the quarterbacks in Louisville. Y'all have a good day. Fair point that he makes there. Reggie Bonifant seems to have a lot of potential. However, is he there yet? Is he truly, where does he rank against Dottie of Western Kentucky, who, by the way, they actually lost, unfortunately. Yeah, it was 39-42, very impressive game. Uh, where does Bonifon rank among the top three schools in the state of Kentucky? Is he number three? I don't think there's any question he's number three. Well, I've not Doty. seen Western play, so I can't really. Doty started out like 16 for 16 yesterday, threw for 319 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So, Bonavon's a true freshman. Keep that right. in mind. He's in a Bobby offense. If he sticks around, well, he's got all the, all the physical skills to excel. We'll just have to see how, how things go 
as the season progresses and if he stays the starter into next year. Well, let's just put it this way, as far as like comparing him to Tolls, who we can all do. There's no question that Bonifon and Reg and uh, and Drew Barker were the two best quarterbacks coming out of the state of Kentucky last year. But Drew Barker was a lot higher as far as ranked, you know, an elite eleven quarterback. And Drew Barker couldn't even get on the field at Kentucky right now because they chose to redshirt him to, so they could play Patrick Tolls. Yeah. So I mean, I think that tells you everything you need to know about that situation. Another thing we need to know about the situation is he's not on the field. However, he did get in a little trouble. He manages to shoot air guns and yeah. and cause a, a real stir on campus. So I don't know. Have we even talked about that? No, because it happened. And I mean, it just happened uh, did that Sunday happen night since last show. Yeah, we hadn't had a chance to. So. Um, That's an interesting thing to talk about. We could jump into that if you guys want. Ashley, do you have any take on that? Mm, they're just stupid. They're stupid. They're stupid. stupid boys. They're um, stupid boys. I was a stupid but boy. I guess I'm thinking they must not have paid much attention to this a similar situation that happened at Louisville maybe five, six years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Did they? they I don't remember. Yeah, it was, I, I do. They were. It, I think it were BB guns, though. Yeah. In well, that situation, it, but isn't that the same? Pretty much the same thing. Were they basically? As far as the actual guns, yeah, I don't know the exact specifics. They said it was some kind of an air gun, which it was a horrible prank. That's a bad deal. Well, if it, you do something like that, you're putting yourself out there. You might get tased. You might get beat up anything. with a nightstick, and you would deserve it. Absolutely. If you do something like that, you deserve to possibly just get your ass kicked or whatever comes from it. You're accountable. You put yourself out like that, out there like that. You're putting people's lives at risk. It seems um, all sorts of dumb stuff. At the same time, would I have done it when I was 19? I don't know. Probably, probably. Well, and they, doesn't guess, make it right. Doesn't make it right at all. And it, it was, it was definitely you know a stupid, stupid thing to do. And given the uh, landscape of of college shootings and all that kind of stuff like that, horrible and, move. And you can't expect at night. Someone walking down the sidewalk to be able to discern between a airsoft pistol and a real gun nope. in the split second, and not expect them to freak out. They could have got shot and killed. Exactly. Absolutely. And if they did, I would be standing here today, and I'd be saying, "Well, that's horribly tragic. It would be, but they could have avoided it." So, I mean, you you really are taking a very serious step when you do something like that. I do like how uh, you know Coach Stoops got out in front of it early on, uh, had made no hesitation of. Suspending, you know, especially the two guys that really mean something to this team right now, right away for this for this for a very important game. I like the fact that they won despite those guys being out. Boom Williams, who was a yeah very valuable piece, and, and and Dorian Baker, the receiver, who uh, might be just as valuable. And then um, you're right; these are these are and Drew Barker. You said was the number one quarterback in the state, right? Last but he year. wasn't going to play. He wasn't going to play. But it's not like these were. Four guys on the end of the bench, and I'm sure that he is uh, that they have more than what we're seeing as far as a punishment. He even alluded to that. I mean, we don't know exactly what his internal punishment is, but then they still have to, they still have a university punishment that could be handed down. Is there um, so the last that I read, they have a one game suspension. Is that still the same? Yes, they were a one game suspension. They're still pending the university. Um, I think it could have been fair for it to be anywhere between one and three. Games. I'm, I don't think they needed to be gone the whole year or anything like that. So there's some specifics of the story that I still don't know exactly what they were doing. You know, if they were going up to old an old couple and waving this gun in their face saying, "Give me everything you, all your money," or I mean, anything like that, then I would say, "Kick." If that oh, if that's yeah. how it went down, then I'd say, "Get them out of the 
They were basically programmed forever, and that they, they deserved to go to prison. They were basically doing what they called a manhunt game, where they were shooting each other. Each so, other. Yeah, they were like, you know, basically, you know, if you were playing paintball with each other, but with these little airsoft rivals. So On campus. On campus. So dumb. So, you know, and I think... Uh, very dumb. Very dumb, and hopefully they, they get better from it. And they, you know, if they, but if they screwed up again, that's when, to me, it's like, okay, you know, it's time to part ways. You know, you give them the one mistake or, or boys being boys kind of thing, and hopefully they understand the severity of the situation to the other people outside of those four. Because to me, it's also a very selfish thing. I mean, they, it's selfish to think that you can only think inside of your little circle and how it affects you guys. Oh, we're just playing around shooting each other. But not to have the scope of of what that could be seen as to someone just walking past. And then we go right into having the thing at Fern Creek and the thing at, you know, the thing with the Trinity student who, you know, was, I'm not going to say he lied because, no, but I'm pretty sure he probably didn't just find a gun at a bus stop. And put it in his backpack. And put it in his backpack because he was going to give it to school. someone later. Yeah. No, that is um, is really a... Anytime you touch a gun, you're, you're putting yourself out there. If you're a very responsible adult who has a concealed carry and does it the exact right way, then obviously you're not doing anything wrong. So the only thing I but, really... But, but anytime you have a gun involved in anything that's going to make the news or anything like that, you are putting yourself out there and any type of interpretation that comes from it, you're responsible for. And the only thing I really would have liked to have seen handled better on the Kentucky side is the second that those four guys realized that they caused a campus lockdown... I would have liked them to see them come forward and explain kind of what was going on. And mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get busted. You're wearing team gear that's only issued to the team on video cameras. I mean, you know, do the right thing and, and say, oh, sh- you know, we did something here that really we need to clear up what's going on so this campus lockdown does not keep going on. I did my research, and after my tireless Google searches, I found another nominee for the face of University of Kentucky football. It's an offensive lineman, but he's in the Hall of Fame. Dermonti Dawson. Dermonti Dawson. Dermonti Dawson, yep. George Blanda, Dermonti Dawson are the two guys from the University of Kentucky who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Art Still's not in the Hall of Fame? Not according to Wikipedia. Huh. Okay. Hmm. I thought he was. For pro. Let me see. Nope. Well, But, nonetheless, um, Randall Cobb's headed that way. Kentucky football seems to be on an upswing. No question about it. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're going to head to a break. And we will be back with more of your all-sports talk here on 1450 WXVW. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, joined alongside Mike Gandolfo and the lovely Ashley Miller, here from 10 till noon today on 1450 WXVW, talk to you about all things in the world of sports. During the break, we're doing a quick rundown of what we could talk about on the show today. 
and no shortage of topics. If you're a college football fan, yeah, there was some significant stuff we haven't covered yet. It was unbelievable yesterday. I mean, the, the day of college football yesterday, what, eight of the top 25 went down? We've seen, uh, uh, you, had Oak, you had Oregon lose Thursday night, so the number two in the nation's out. You had number three in the nation, Alabama, lose. You have, I mean, you had some just big-time losses. I mean, uh, big-time. And now it sets up great because Notre Dame's going to be in the top five. This being the inaugural season of the four-team playoff, things are really starting to get interesting, aren't they? I was trying to talk to my buddy about it yesterday. And what conferences do we predict or do you predict will be represented in the four-team playoff? Obviously the SEC. Obviously the SEC. Got to get that out of the way. Who will the SEC representative be? Who knows? That's a very interesting question. Why do you think there's only going to be one? Okay. They'll be represented. Will it be two teams? It's gonna well, be. That's we'll gonna be interesting. Cause Mike, gonna... do you think it'll be Kentucky? Will be one of them? No. No. Okay. That's good. Obviously, they've already lost. I do think Notre Dame will be one of them, though. Okay. Yeah. If Notre Dame upsets Florida State, I think. Uh, but will it really at this point be an upset because Florida State's not been playing all that great? Still, the reigning champs, I guess. Uh, when you're looking at the rankings, obviously Florida State's. Now the clear-cut number one, right? Oregon's lost. Alabama's lost. Oklahoma lost. Oklahoma, Oklahoma lost. You know, Auburn's probably going to go in number two. Um, Mississippi, I mean, I don't, I don't know how high Mississippi State's going to jump up. I mean, they could jump up to where they're in the top five, possibly. I don't where know. does Ole Miss go? They Baylor. were 11. They've got to go up. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss has got to go up. Notre Dame's going to be in the top five. Baylor's probably going to be in the top five. Um, if I had to look, Florida State, Auburn, Baylor, Notre Dame. Uh, and maybe Ole Miss it might be your top five. Ole Miss beating Alabama yesterday, 23-17. to 17. And that also raises the question, how far down does Alabama drop? Sure. How good, how good is, is Ole Miss? I mean, you know, Ole Miss is coming off two years ago where they had one of the top recruiting classes in the country, and I think you're starting to see that kind of kind of fruition where they had uh, maybe the number one overall recruiting class, actually. And uh, I think Ole Miss is, is pretty good. Um, Head coach Hugh Freeze, arguably the coolest name, right, in college football. That's a pretty good name. Hugh Freeze. I'd like for my last name to be Freeze, <laughs> right? It's kind of cool. Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. I don't know why. That just sounds pretty cool to me. A name that doesn't have a lot of recognition on a national level. It should, I clearly, I guess, right? Well, Ole Miss or Hugh Freeze? Both, I guess, but I'm saying specifically Hugh Freeze. <clears throat> you don't hear his name thrown around with the top dogs in the world of college football. But we are in the SEC. We saw it out of Missouri, what was it, a couple years ago. Regardless of your expectations for a season, when you're in the SEC and you've got this tough schedule, you've got all sorts of opportunity. And if you win... You win some games you're not supposed to. All of a sudden, you're in the the limelight. Kentucky, we were, I cannot believe it, but we were having somewhat of a serious conversation during the break about whether or not the University of Kentucky will get any votes for the top 25 going forward. And I I think they, if not this week, they might after next week. I mean, I think it's probably 
logical that they, again, not ranked in the top 25, but they were one of those teams' other receiving votes. And uh, that would be that'd be huge for them to be able to do that. I mean, um, teams that are in that list right now, you know, North Dakota State, North Carolina State, Virginia, you know, teams that are not very good. Um, well, Virginia is not bad. Kentucky's better than Virginia, though. Every every computer ranking out there has Kentucky ahead of Virginia, as in the in the polls. Uh, so, in the in the computer rankings, is when you look down the list, we have nothing to judge anything outside the top twenty five, except for computer rankings, and they're unbiased to a degree, right? Yeah, so certainly so, unbiased. I mean, it depends on which computer ranking you look at. That's gonna would you say make the, the case for whatever point you're going for? Would but, you say the Sagarin ratings are pretty well respected? Certainly. Okay. Well, yes. Kentucky's 40th and Virginia's 48th. Okay. Louisville's receiving votes. Yes. That's not going away. They nope. keep winning. Nope. As they, you know, as, as they should. I, you know, hopefully Louisville can. I think that second half against Syracuse, Louisville started to show signs that they might be turning the corner and pulling some things together. You know? The defense is clearly number three in the nation. Is They're that right? Awesome. They listed, um, they actually were talking about that during the game, and I looked it up because I couldn't believe it with my own ears. I wonder if that's total yards allowed no, or what it is. No, it's total defense. I mean, if you think about it, they only allowed Syracuse six they points in the, in the dome there in, in Syracuse. That's at the, huge. At, the, at halftime, they said the defense had not been scored on in 11 quarters. Wow. I mean, they're, they're playing really, really well. Thank you very much, Charlie Strong. Speaking of He Charlie left Strong, those players. Speaking of Charlie Strong. They are on the struggle bus. What did Texas do yesterday? They lost, they lost to the, Baylor, twenty-eight to seven. Yeah, but Baylor's you know, again a team yeah, we're talking about being the top five. But probably. still, that's Texas. Yeah. Where Texas. does Texas rank? And they've been getting their butts kicked the past few weeks. Where does Texas rank in the state of Texas? Are they the fourth best school now? Is that right? Well, A and M, Baylor, Texas A and M, and TCU and the Sagarin ratings are all in the top ten. Baylor, Texas, TCU. It, it is not normal for Texas to get their butts kicked. No. This, Frequently, and I'm sure their fans and boosters are not sitting comfortably saying, "Oh, this is his first year." Being the head coach at Texas is like being the head coach for Kentucky basketball, or or being the head coach of the Yankees. Uh, Charlie Strong's not going to last very long. Just, just FYI, uh, Texas is Kentucky's 40th in the Sagarin. Texas is 39. <laughs> so it, it all depends on how you look at everything. Maybe Texas isn't having that bad of a season. They're considered to be on just a horrible downslide. And we're talking about how great Kentucky's doing. They're ranked ahead of Kentucky, according to Sagarin. The, uh, and then it doesn't get easier for Texas. Don't they play Oklahoma next week? Who, Texas? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. If it's not Oklahoma, then they got Kansas and then Oklahoma. It's something like that. But they have Oklahoma coming up really soon. Oh, this statistics changed from Thursday. But I guess after the games this weekend, Louisville's defense was ranked number one. I two, believe that. Two Stamper, three Alabama, four Baylor, and five Ole Miss. Wow. Todd Grantham is done. You know what else? Who else does not get enough credit for how for Louisville? Radcliffe is oh my gosh, saving so the offense. The last, couple, last couple games, he's really done a good job. Oh, my goodness. Can, especially considering that before the season, if any casual fan or, or even Bobby Petrino were to rank the depth chart a running back, it would probably went like this, right? Dominique Brown. Dyer. Michael Dyer. L.J. Scott. Maybe then Corvin Lamb. Am I leaving anyone out? Then Brandon Radcliffe. Yeah, and I I'm think not exaggerating. Like one no. Radcliffe, two L.J. Scott. 
and then the rest wherever. You hate to dwell on negativity when you're a fan, but Dominique Brown is having a pretty disappointing year. Yes, he is. And Dyer, we still haven't really ever seen. So, What's up with Dyer? But regardless, Brandon Radcliffe looks like a little Doug Martin or just some muscly little guy who's just as powerful as they come. Mm-hmm. The clip from a couple weeks ago where he moved the entire pile was like nothing I have remember seeing from a running back. You see that? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, it was incredible. I mean, I you know, and I I got to give this some props though too to my Kentucky boys, JoJo Kemp last night. Yeah, I certainly. Mean, and even Braylon Hurd before he got hurt, I mean, he was he was huge, and that was without uh, and Mike and Mikel Horton. I thought played really well. I I just feel like uh, things are coming around, you know, for uh, for, for those guys. And Brandon Radcliffe is taking the uh, taking advantage of his opportunity and and making the most of it. So while we're at it, we're giving love to running backs. They lost last night, but Anthony Ace Wales had, had a huge game for the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Hmm. Western Kentucky, despite losing last night, the feel. Which in college football, a lot of times we were just joke. Uh, we were just saying how Texas is actually ranked a be- ahead of Kentucky, and we're talking about Kentucky being on this big upswing, and Texas is just headed down. When in reality, a non-biased computer ranking has Texas right ahead of Kentucky. Uh, the same thing goes across all of college football, in my opinion. Despite Western Kentucky losing last night, the feel for the Western Kentucky program right now is one of a lot of optimism, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're a, a, a top-shelf recruit from anywhere within the state, there is no shame in going to play for the Hilltoppers. I would say they're in Conference USA from this point forward. The Hilltopper. yeah, I mean, they're on a great – I mean, they've got a perfect situation. We said this last week. They could be – it, it worked out so well for Louisville to lose Charlie Strong and to get a, an upgrade in Bobby Petrino. And again, for Western to lose Bobby Petrino, and probably an upgrade for them. Okay, this is not Brom being a better coach than Bobby Petrino, but a better coach for Western. Stability. Stability and having something to prove and just, you know, making a name for himself. It's a great fit. And what he means to football in the state of Kentucky and be able to recruit the state of Kentucky. I mean, I think, uh, like, who would you think has probably better um, connections with the high school football coaches in the state of Kentucky? Jeff Brom or Bobby Petrino? I don't know. Bron- or Petrino has great connections at Trinity also. At Trinity? I'm talking... Just across the across state? Across the state. Jeff Brom has been a part of the state, the state of uh, football and the state of Kentucky for 30-something years. Certainly debatable. But the fact that you can say it's debatable with one of the top coaches in the country, which is Bobby Petrino, right? Says a lot about Jeff Brom and his connections. And when you talk about from a personality standpoint, where Jeff Brown's probably more likely to come into some guy's office and, you know, be friendly and talk it up with the guy, Bobby Petrino doesn't really have that reputation. No. So, I think for Western, I think they're in a great spot having Jeff Brown. No question about it. The trend for football within the state of Kentucky is an interesting topic, and it's clearly headed straight up. I think we can all agree. Among all three programs. And high school football. We got one of the top recruits in the country again coming out next year. Oh, Damian Harris is the top overall running back in this in high school football. Wow. And um, 
I didn't know that. Yeah, out of out of Madison Southern. And then this is coming off last year where we had one of the top 11 quarterbacks with Drew Barker. Matt Elam, one of the top recruits in, in, uh, in high school football. And, uh, you know, and then a couple years ago we had Quick and Hatcher who were considered, you know, top-tier recruits. I mean, we, I feel like the talent level. Elam uh, was ranked real well. Yeah, especially in 24-7. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, you got guys that are – you got some real play, and they're choosing to stay home. Whether it be quick going to Trinity or Elam going to Kentucky, I mean they're they're staying, they're staying, they're staying home. Which is and now there's a third option, and none of them are completely negative like they were not that long ago, right? Western Kentucky, who is the the head coach? Darn it, before Petrino, uh, the guy who's down in South Florida. Um, gosh, oh I'll, I'll think of it. Why I can't, can't believe we, I'm blanking on his me name. Me neither. I I I brought it on you, but regardless. <laughs> Um, he was a quarterback at Western, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he was. I mean, he, he did a great job there too. Um, I'll bring it up right here, but the the trajectory of Western Kentucky football has been headed straight up uh, for quite some time. Oxmore Ford Lincoln Buzzline five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. Give us a call. We are the weekend sports buzz. We're brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call five zero two five eight seven zero zero four one. To reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville, Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart. Yeah, hey, one other thing. Let's just totally jump ship, and hopefully this doesn't um, have anything to do with Ashley's thing. But we were completely right about Rex Chapman. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, it's not in there. But yeah. so, I mean, uh, Rex Chapman checking himself into drug rehab. Some in things just have clear cut opiate addiction written all over them, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, here in the city of Louisville, it's a serious problem. People are. In the state, probably across the country. Rex wasn't in Louisville when he did it. No. Um, but there are heroin addicts all over the place. And yeah, I know I'd that's a whole different topic. That's a whole different ballgame. Like, yeah. It's a big deal here, but you can go in eastern Kentucky, it's way worse. So that's a statewide problem we got to deal with. You would take a state like Pikeville that's got a ton of money in it. Um, you know, whether it's coal or there's a lot of medical money in Pikeville. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's, there's a lot of resources. That, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's terrible. So. Yeah. But we are the Weekend Sports Buzz. We encourage you to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We got a longtime listener and caller of ours, Kevin, on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Kevin? I'm doing all right. Just enjoyed a lot of good football yesterday. And, um, I'll say this. I, you know, I did Kentucky a little credit yesterday. They, they showed out, you know, they had a little nice little, little game. You know, if there'd been any other coach, his head would have been handed to him yesterday because there was there was just I don't know what Sperry was thinking. I mean, he could just kept running running the football all game and wouldn't have had a problem winning that game. But you know, I give Kentucky all the credit for that. Um, Louisville, yeah, Louisville. Uh, I don't know what to say about them right now. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <Not wonderful>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, defense is all right, but we'll think about the defense. We'll really see what they're really made of this weekend against against Clemson. So that's going to be a rough game. And uh, one more thing I wanted to say: mm-hmm. look at oh, yeah, the quarterbacks in college football. If you notice something about all the team, a lot of the teams right now, there's terrible quarterback play. It is horrendous. Wow. 
I, I don't totally I disagree with, with that. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's uh, they don't have a very good feel for the pocket. You know, and, and the one guy that, and although he's been uh, turnover prone the last couple of games, but he's stepped up and made big plays. Ever Golson, out of all those guys, to me, is probably the one guy that's been the best. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I mean, it, the decision-making hasn't been very good. I mean, yeah. Headed into the season, one of the top prospects from an NFL perspective was Brett Hundley of UCLA. We've seen how, how their season is unfolding. So certainly, Kevin, you bring a, an interesting point to the uh, bring an interesting yeah. point up that the quarterback play as a whole seems to be down. Outside of probably Marcus Mariota, Mariota's so. clearly not hurting himself individually. Oregon had a disappointing loss that hurt right. him really bad. But you're right, Mariota. Mariota's got to be the front runner, I believe, right now for Heisman. Right? I would think so. Yeah, Ke- Kevin, you agree with that? Kevin dropped off there, but no, it, it, very interesting point. Going forward, is it just so happening that we have a weak class of quarterbacks out there right now? Uh, I mean, I, there's no quarterback, even Marcus Mariota, that I'd want to put my, if I was an NFL team, that I'd want to be excited about taking next year. It's so interesting and tough to project stuff like that. How many people across the country would have said Teddy Bridgewater last year? I don't think necessarily that many. Uh, I don't know. I don't, don't, know I don't agree with that. A lot of people would, but but... He fell almost out of the first round. Probably, I think a lot. It was a lot of weird stuff going on, like with the combine and stuff like that, and how like some, I guess, whoever gave him the the throw without the gloves, the throw thing. without the glove insight was horrible. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think that's unfortunate because at one point, do you look at measurables? Like, oh, how fast they run a 40, how many times they bench press, what's their vertical, like all those things, that they, the drills versus Teddy how actually had li- in a game. Th- yeah, t- they said Teddy had small hands. Mm-hmm. Why not just watch the tape? I mean, that's the, and that's the what age old. That's all that matters is like, what do they perform like when the lights are on? The only thing I'll say about the small hands thing, because the NFL football is bigger than the college football. Okay. So, I mean, I think there could be something to that, but I'd want to see him. And then that's coupled with the fact that they had him throw at his pro day. And he didn't throw the ball very well because he threw without gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wasn't used to. I mean, when you, I think factor all those things into it, it kind of goes. But I, I think most. Uh, and, and the other thing I would say about Teddy is he was in a situation where he was. Um, it was easier to criticize what he had co- done coming off that Florida performance. So he was at the top of the mountain at the, after that Florida game, and then it was easy to kind of criticize because that offense didn't really get going. So in some ways, Sean Watson kind of. Humble, I mean, you know, disabled his, his possibly, but it's looking more and more like maybe Sean Watson did a much better job than we all gave him credit for. It, yeah, because the cover could have been pretty bare. That's a that's a great topic right there. So was Sean Watson really that bad? He's not obviously not lighting the world on fire at Texas, but it looks like the cupboard's pretty bare there too. Yeah, I mean they're they're obviously they don't have the talent that the rest of the teams. I do. think we can all agree on one thing: Teddy Bridgewater at this point in time. October, what is it, 5th, 2014, it looks like Teddy Bridgewater has a very bright future, and he is, and always was, we knew from day one, just a special talent. Yeah. Yep. Because he's a special person. Let's. I, I want to put that in there. I mean, he's a special talent. Everybody at that level is a special talent. I think it's his being a special person and his intangibles that is going to make him. Sure different from everyone else. You've heard the comparisons of him, and I, I feel like I've mentioned Peyton Manning's name way too much through this show, but the amount of time Teddy puts in in the film room, 
in the preparation he does. He almost has a Peyton Manning-esque approach to preparing for games. And you never hear about him doing something off the field like Jameis Winston or Johnny Manziel. Instead, what you hear about is him being a great guy who takes it very serious and he doesn't do anything wrong. I'm sure he does. He's not flawless, but he takes his job very serious and and he's approached it like a job ever since day one at Louisville. He's Jeter-esque. Jeter-esque. I think that we've got a a story that may involve Jeter for Ashley's Loco Cinco coming up in the next segment. No, I skipped him. Did you? Oh, I love getting going on a good, solid Jeter topic. But, I feel like we talked about him way too much last week. You're over Jeter. You're I'm not over him. Ashley Miller, not the biggest Jeter fan in the world. That's okay. He's so so looking. He's average. He's average looking. He's average. If he's average looking, then I am like extremely butt ugly. Which I, you know, you know if Derek is. Jeter is, is don't a- compare yourself to him. People <laughs> just say that he's attractive because he has money. All right. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line 502-384-1450. We got plenty to talk about in the second hour. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be back with Ashley's Loco Cinco. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside the star-studded lineup of Mike Gandolfo and the lovely Ashley Miller. Coming at you for the second hour of the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Talking all things in the world of sports. Got plenty of stuff to talk about today. We can always talk college basketball. We don't necessarily need to fall on that today. We've got so much NFL action ahead of us. My Cincinnati Bengals have a huge game coming up tonight against the, of course, the New England Patriots. We talk, we're not talking about Derek Jeter, Ashley. But we could go ahead and talk about Tom Brady. Basically the same conversation. He's average looking. <laughs> he's average looking. No, he's actually good looking. Yeah. All right. So you rank overall Tom Brady above Derek Jeter? Definitely. Okay. Like not even I wonder a what, second thought about it. Okay. I wonder what the national perception is between those two. If women were polled nationally, who would they rank? It depends on where you live. If you're in New York, you hate Tom Brady probably, right? Well, I, I want to have a woman caller. I think that would be awesome to, you know. Tell us what they think. Have we, have we had a woman's caller yet? A yeah, woman? we have. Yeah? All right. Certainly not today, but we have randomly in the past. It's been a while. If you have any comments, you give your vote for Derek Jeter or Tom Brady, 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. We would love to hear from you. It's the 11 o'clock hour, and as all of you know... That means we've got the most popular segment on television or radio in the Louisville, Southern Indiana market, or even across the country. We have what they call Ashley's Loco Cinco, or what do they call it? You're the only one that can say it, Kelly. (laughs) Ashley is crazy. Well, I really love that song, by the way. That is a good song. I don't mind hearing it each week. I don't either. First story... Today, we do have five. It does not include Derek Jeter's uh, wedding rumors, even though I did say last week it was time for him to get married because it just is. But Colin Kaepernick in the news this week apparently is coming out swinging against allegations that he knocked up some 
self-proclaimed fitness model named Brittany Renner. Is he married? No. Well, they, um, well, and It's not that big of a deal then, well, is it? Well, hush, Kelly. All right. Um, but apparently he went to social media to use a rap song to shoot down the claims. Really? <laughs> the pregnancy talk started when the girl Brittany went on her Instagram page and wrote that she was, quote, preggers by uh, the San Francisco 49ers quarterback. <laughs> also tagged him in the co- in the comment. Um, That's how he found out. I guess so. Wow. But apparently Brittany and Colin reportedly hooked up back in July, and she had even posted some pictures on her Instagram appearing to show Colin hanging out at her house. Um, so when she posted the note that she was pregnant, people thought there could be some truth to it. But clearly, Colin's not buying it um, because moments after, I guess a few few moments afterwards, he went on his Instagram and posted the album cover, album cover for a rap song called Stop Lying and included the caption, we just, we just going to call this my anthem now. Keep trying. Wow. But he made no specific mention of Britney, but I mean, it doesn't really take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. I would have posted the, Ash, the album cover of uh, of Ashley. In of the, Nappy Roots? Uh, the Nappy Roots. That's what I would have gone with. Well, I don't know, because I think this has a little bit more of a response Yeah. to the allegations. I don't know. Um, it's just interesting, because the girl is actually really cute. Um, she has an awesome body, too. I was looking at um, she like her pictures. Face. Yeah, she does have a small face. You looked her up already? Yeah. Um, she's cute, but... Yeah. No, you don't think so? Mm-hmm. Mm. You think she has a nice body? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I just, you know, overall, it's not not really. Overall, you would give her a what? She's average. Average. She's she's Derek Jeter. <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Okay, well, that's that. Story number two. Um, Hulk Hogan apparently is really upset. Um. He's vowing to drop a legal hammer on this reported nephew who is pushing a reality show about finding a perfect threesome. <laughs> so the man behind this reality show is David um, Balea, I think his name is, but he calls himself King David Hogan. He's a pro MMA fighter who last stepped in the ring back in 2012, but he claims to be Hulk Hogan's nephew. Yeah, because t- that's... That's Hulk Hogan's name, right? Terry Bollea. Yeah. It is, yep. Yeah. So he's claiming to be Hogan's nephew. So, uh, um, sorry to interrupt. I was taking a call, but there's a reality show. Refresh me. Okay. Hulk Hogan. I heard reality show in threesome. Hulk nephew. He's all about it, <laughs> Right. I knew that he would chime in. <laughs> this, I can't this, miss out on this one. This story's for you, Kelly. Um, apparently, this guy who's claiming to be Hulk Hogan's nephew is pushing a reality show about finding the perfect threesome. So um, this guy who calls himself King David um, is trying to shop this reality show called My Girlfriend Wants a Girlfriend, in which he sorts through 16 different ladies to find the perfect addition to their sexual lifestyle. But Hulk Hogan is pissed not because of the show, but apparently he said he barely knows this guy. I can't believe he would try to cash in on the Hogan name without permission. So he said he's met him twice in his entire life. Um, this guy knows nothing about the Hogan family um, and has no right to use the Hogan name. So um, he wants to pursue legal action against him for diminishing the Hogan brand by trying to do this show. I I mean, there's two parts to that. One, trying to have a come up from using the Hogan name. Two, the premise of the show, 
I mean, but I guess considering everything else is on TV, it's probably not that far of a reach. No, I could see it getting on. My wife actually and I, over the past month, have just randomly been looking through On Demand, and we found that Dating Naked show. Oh, my God. And we watched it, and it's actually entertaining. (laughs) I'm confident. It really is. It really is funny as hell. It's very entertaining. I believe that this threesome thing would be very entertaining, right? I'm not. Do you, you just want to go on the show, Kelly? I, I, I no comment. But, <laughs> but I do think it would be entertaining. So people are attracted to Maury Povich and Jerry Springer, right? We can all agree on that. Naturally, what is it, the word? Um, we are inclined toward trash somehow. There's got to be a word for it. I don't know. But human beings like to see really inappropriate stuff that's trashy. And this fits the bill. It does. But as far as suing over the likeness, he is using the Hogan name when that's not his biological name. Yeah, I mean, that's – I don't know if he's got some sort of copyright or – I guess you can't really copyright your name like that. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't fight under the Hogan name. He fights under Blake. So, yeah, I think that's – I think Hogan's got a beef. But I think he's calling himself now King David Hogan. In the ring? Yeah, he's calling himself that now. Okay. I don't know. So that's part of the drama. Story number three. Carrie apparently unleashed her inner Demi Moore on ESPN yesterday, obsessing over a college football star who's 10 years younger than her and said, told a guy to call her. Um, I saw <laughs> so, this, by the way. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, so 30-year-old Katy Perry appeared on ESPN game day, uh, college game day yesterday as the celebrity guest picker. Um, but before she weighed in on the big game, she picked Oklahoma quarterback Trevor Knight as the guy she currently has a crush on. Um, so Perry also held up a heart-shaped sign featuring Knight's picture and urged the quarterback to hit her up. No, wait a minute. That's, that's not true. What do you mean? The heart-shaped picture she was that she held up was uh, the game after that when it was Ohio State, and it was a picture when he well, was There's a Ohio picture State. of him. So they edited it? Is that what you're saying, Mike? They f- yeah, someone photoshopped the, it? That was not what she held up at the, the thing that I saw. I really? mean, she showed, she showed a picture of Herb Street well, when he was at Ohio State. I'll put a picture up for you in a second, the one that I saw. But um, apparently, regardless. Regardless. She, she, she went out of her way. way. She went right. out of the way to say that she has a crush on him and she wants him to call her. However, Trevor has a girlfriend. Oh, my God. Why, would you, <laughs> why wouldn't she? <laughs> I don't know. But apparently has, has had this girlfriend who's like a hookup um, that he's been dating for over a year. Um, Harry is... 30? Yeah, she's 30. And how old's this guy? I, I mean, mean, interesting, isn't it? Imagine if you put yourself out there and you, you know you were going to say, I'm not a celebrity, but I'm going to date this quarterback who is a celebrity. And I think it'll go well. He seems like a real nice guy. And then Katy Perry comes out and, says, and just tries to, public, tries to publicly steal him from you. Yeah. And then, uh, Talk get, about a bad day. <laughs> a really bad day. Especially, I'm sure. And then you said, like, why wouldn't Katy Perry look into that? She probably doesn't care. She's probably like, I'm Katy Perry. Yeah, why would she care? That's kind of kind of mean of Katy Perry. Does that make people think less of Katy Perry? I doubt it. No. no. They probably thought it was funny, and maybe they're like, she probably didn't know. But then people will probably say, hmm, Katy Perry or Kate Williams. You think it's more socially acceptable for women to do this than, for example, any NFL player? Let's say Tom Brady. Don't say NFL. <laughs> or, okay, NFL not NFL. Any Brady. athlete. Let's say uh, a random NBA player. Let's say Derek Jeter. Okay, Derek Jeter. <laughs> let's say he started going on Twitter and saying, all right, guys, I've really been scouting out the college 
women's volleyball field. And this week, my flavor of the week is dot, dot, dot. Mm. Would that be socially acceptable? I think it's probably more acceptable for a woman. It's more acceptable for a woman, right? Yeah. You just start targeting women's volleyball or, or attractive basketball players or anything like that. Definitely more acceptable for a woman. Very interesting that Katy Perry would do that. And um, well, I want to know what Ashley thinks about this Trevor Knight guy. Oh, let me yeah. look him up. I forgot because I, thought, I actually thought he was actually pretty good looking from the first pick. See, I'm sure he I would have thought he was pretty average looking. I don't really obviously know what women like or what they don't like. So. You have no idea if a man's attractive no. or not? I guess not because, I mean, I'm, you know, whatever. I mm. I would have I would have thought he would be considered pretty average looking, but um, I mean he's a good looking yeah, guy. Yeah, he's decent. Yeah, he's pretty decent. Like this um, picture in his uniform doesn't really not, say a whole lot. Not yeah. a bad looking guy. Actually, he's a good a good looking guy. He's no Kelly Patrick. <laughs> not even close. No. Not even close to Kelly Patrick. Oh no. So but, Katy I Perry, mean, call Kelly Patrick, and you don't even have to well, change initials. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean that would be. Let's not start that, okay? Let's, let's not. Let's, let's I mean, not. I don't. I don't want you know. Next week it'll just be the two of us, you and I, Mike. Because yeah, I mean, you know, next guys. Kelly's now Katy Perry is going to be tweeting at me. I know. All right. What do we have next? Story number four. I was trying to find a picture. I'll look it up. In a All minute. right. Okay. Story you number four. You have it four. up, right? Right, Mike. What's that? You have a picture you have of more Tre- pictures. Trevor Knight's I- your wallpaper, right? Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's his background. Hey, but I want to say something else about the Katy Perry thing real quick before we go on. Sure. I thought it was interesting. They made mention of her that the Super Bowl wants her to do the Super Bowl show, and she addressed that um, she'd be interested in doing the Super Bowl show, but she's made it very clear to the Super Bowl that she's not the type of girl that would pay to do the halftime show. They would pay because they're looking for so they're looking for one of these entertainers this year to pay to be to the, pay half, to be the half-time halftime show. Oh, I think I've heard about that in years past. Rec- just recent history, right? Right. Yeah. But you got to pay for the recognition and all that type right. of stuff. Katy Perry doesn't need that. No, no. she doesn't. She's at the top of her game. Right. And I will go on and say, Trevor Knight is a hottie. All right, Trevor Knight's a hottie. There you go. He's he's above average, and his girlfriend's cute too. She's cuter than Katy Perry. She's not having the best weekend. She's Katie, probably not having the best weekend. Katy Perry's not really, you know, she's one of those girls that sometimes she can be dressed up where she looks okay, but then sometimes, like on game day, I didn't think she looked Interesting. Like the way she dresses herself, I think. She can look scary sometimes, actually. Yeah. No, nah, she's smoking hot. She is. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. No, not for me. I mean, when you have a camera up in your face, music video from different angles and you get weird facial expressions, all that, you start dissecting every little thing that goes into it. Yeah, she looks kind of weird at certain angles. And no, stuff I think like she's that. a pretty woman. She's a very pretty woman. But she's absolutely very, she's she's pretty. She symmetrical face. All, I mean, all, as far as all traditional <laughs> ways of evaluating, right? As far as all traditional ways of evaluating someone's I'm about beauty. To tweet, I'm going to tweet right now. I'm going to tweet. Kelly Patrick has a crush on Katy Perry. She's very pretty. But I, I can see what you guys mean. When, when, when you got cameras in your face at every second, you're going to get overanalyzed. I mean, who... Who she's is, got so much makeup on, you don't even really know what she really looks like. She's without. like a cheerleader. Very enthusiastic smiles and all sorts of... A, a very expressionful face. Yes. Okay. I'm putting... D. Kelly Patrick <laughs> just expressed his adoration. Now, I don't want you guys to start Poor. this friction between Kelly and Katy Perry. Uh, I'm married, guys. Google search Katy Perry without makeup and let me see what you think about that. So Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Story number four, we War Machine thinks his egg got off easy when he beat the heck out of her. What? Jeez. He says he could have flat out killed her and gotten away with it if the attack had gone down in Texas. 
So Warren Machine actually believes that he shouldn't have been charged at all, according to a jailhouse letter that he recently wrote to a friend. Um, somehow the letter got leaked to TMZ, which apparently they get all kinds of things leaked to them. Um, and it claims that Christie is throwing him to protect her. The ex-MMA fighter says Christie's friend has ambushed him when he entered her home back in August and adds, even if I wasn't ambushed, they still would have got what they deserved. In Texas, you could have shot them both and got off with that passion crime. <laughs> so he's apparently no lawyer. Um, and the fact is you can commit a crime of passion in any state, but it's not a free pass to go off killing people. Um, <laughs> but the war machine is facing 32 counts, atten- including attempted murder, battery, kidnapping, and sexual assault. In the letter, he said he plans to sell the hashtag his gear. To pay his legal bill. Who's going to buy that? I don't know. If I see somebody walking down the street with a free war, right? A free war t-shirt. That is promoting, torturing, and beating the hell out of women. Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson bought him. (laughs) (gasps) Oh, my gosh. The moment of silence. I I don't don't understand. (laughs) MMA (laughs) MMA fighters are doing a real good job of staying in the Ashley's Loco Cinco. Yes. We've mentioned this is the second MMA fighter. The Hogan guy is an MMA fighter, right? Yes. Yes. So two guys out of five thus far may end up being three. We don't know what number, story number five is. Are MMA fighters? War Machine, a disgraceful um, human. So mm. horrible story. Jeez, I don't even know who he is. You remember hearing about him though? No. Uh, very popular guy. Fought in the UFC. Was a, a successful fighter uh, a few months ago. Was he's already done time in prison for abuse toward women, but a, a few months ago or a couple months ago, whenever it was, tortured, tied up his girlfriend and just tortured her. And there's documentation of text messages of him just just being a horrible human being. Who he was also a porn star at one time. So war machine making a run at worst human being in the world. There you go. Well, story number five is the guy who they're now calling a young Peter Paul Rubens. If that person was accused of murdering a bunch of people because Aaron Hernandez is making a new hobby out of drawing curvy naked women. Um, so apparently the former New England's Patriot tight, hand, tight end has fired off another handwritten jail letter to a pen pal featuring a frontal sketch of nude women. Interesting enough, but in the letter um, sent from his new home in the Suffolk County Jail, the murder suspect brags about his new, well, several new things. I'm on the block here. I'm loving it. I got my own cell, too, and I'm out all day, only locked in four hours a day, so we be balling. Aaron says he's also reading behind himself busy with stories about a real gangster, dot, 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 Harry Potter. So he says, you know, the realest N-word I ever effed with, and I still F with, is Harry M.F. and Potter. Jeez. Wow. All right. <laughs> Aaron Hernandez, who I maintain, and correct me if I'm wrong, scariest athlete in the history of the world. I think that's going to be on the back of J.K. Rowling's Next book cover, you know, the whole, you know how they put little quotes, like, inspirational book. (laughs) What an endorsement. Yes. Yeah. 
The fact that he's reading and he, he's drawing makes him even scarier to me. <laughs> he's a thoughtful guy who, when given the opportunity, enjoys to murder people randomly. Right? Apparently. That's his, it, it, if he were to have a MySpace profile and list his hobbies, and he were being honest, drawing, reading Harry Potter, he would have to throw in there randomly murdering people. Yes. Agreed. That's what he likes. Mm-hmm. That's what he Scariest enjoys. guy ever. I want, I want nothing to, to do with Aaron Hernandez. Some magic so that he can get off. So who's the worst human time. being, Aaron Hernandez or this war, or war, war machine. machine? Pick one. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. Who else would be in the running? I don't know. The North Korean guy? <laughs> He's dead, right? Or his son? son? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of really bad people out there who are not just regular run-of-the-mill, low-level American sports figures who have killed a lot more people than them. But as far as just, this is what I, this is the, the hand I was dealt, what am I going to do with it? Aaron Hernandez is super scary. He made a lot of money, and his way of enjoying that was just shooting up a couple people at a random stoplight and killing his buddy. And War Machine, I don't know. War Machine still gets my vote because he... Tr- he preys on women, and he tortures them, and he doesn't seem to have much physical altercations outside of a cage with men, but he enjoys beating the hell out of women. So War Machine gets my vote for worst person. I got to say, overall, my story of the day, it's got to be Hogan's nephew in the threesome, um, the threesome pilot that he's pitching to, to companies out there for a reality show. Hmm. I would actually, man. I, I was gonna. That's the one I was gonna pick. So I, it's I, hard not to pick it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd have to go with that. It's uh, that's just weird. Yeah. Ashley, what gets your I'm vote? I'm gonna go for Aaron Hernandez because I think it's intriguing. Like he makes me want to read Harry Potter. <laughs> what was the Florida locker room like? This and Tim Tebow in there together. And you oh know they had to, they and they were interact. buddies. They said they had to interact. Yeah, because I mean that had to be you know one of his top targets. Well, how would a conversation go down? Uh, what are you doing tonight, man? I think it'd really be like two guys speaking two totally different languages. You it would, has to be. If Tim Tebow is true to form like we all believe that he probably is, right? Virgin, um, doesn't drink, doesn't cuss. And then you got Aaron Hernandez, whose hobby is murder. Now, that's got to be two polar, polar opposites. There is one story that did not make Ashley's Loco Cinco that I was... Hoping would. Go ahead and Or at least it. I was looking forward to, to discussing, and I hope it's real now. It's not real. I don't think it's real. Did you see it? Are you talking about... His ex-wife's now coming out and outing him as being oh, bisexual. Yeah. that's... I feel like that's an old story. Who's it was this? from like 2013. Um, Tim Duncan. Oh, really? His ex-wife... All right, here we go. Chicago Defender. I just Google searched Tim Duncan's ex-wife. And I did a news search. Chicago Defender says, Tim Duncan is gay, says ex-wife. You only got one source on it, though? No, no. There's, there's several. There's others. There's a couple. Um, but I said it sounds like a woman scorned because someone sent me this met in a message actually this week. and they, they were, They've had a very sloppy, ongoing divorce for right, years. Right, because remember that he hired a, a private investigator and got pictures to prove that she was cheating. So that means... Hey, ma'am, divorce severed. You're not going to get much. So she's now, I think, trying to come back with this. I feel like it's about money. 
Oh, it certainly isn't. A, yeah, it's, does she have horrible motives? Yes. Is there some truth to it? Maybe. That makes you now wonder, right? <laughs> yeah, doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I don't care. But in the macho world that is professional sports, it's not good. I'm sure Tim Duncan wasn't too happy when he saw that, right? I'm sure he wasn't. I mean, it just came out. Uh, the, the, the article I'm seeing was in the Atlanta Daily World just uh, 12 hours ago. I, yeah. I read something like that like last year. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. I mean, in the society that we live in, it's very accepted to, I guess, dabble in being gay. Um. <laughs> yeah, it says June, like the first story that I read it was June of 2013, where it says Amy might, may have outed him as a bisexual during their divorce proceedings. And that was from May of 2013? Ju- July. Of July of 2013. Okay. But I don't know why it's such a big deal now. It doesn't matter to me. I do find it interesting. It sounds horrible. Kind of like the, the girlfriend who woke up one day and saw that Katy Perry was trying to, at least maybe for a one night stand, steal her boyfriend. Tim Duncan woke up one day, whether it was July of last year or it was yesterday, and... Had this in the media. Someone had to say, hey man, just read that you're bisexual. Good luck with your marketing after that. I mean, does he have to address it? I don't don't think think he has to address that. No. It's probably best if he doesn't. He owns his locker room anyway. I mean... He's probably so. I don't think there it would change how well respected he is inside his own locker room. I very, think that's all he cares about. Very European feel to that Spurs team, anyways. And what I mean Turkish by European, bath kind of <laughs> very accept. I would say that it's probably one of the more accepting locker rooms out there for different types of lifestyles, right? You just get your job done. That's all they care. They about. They don't. I, you think Tony Parker is worried about it? Probably not. No. Manu Ginobili certainly probably doesn't. I'm guessing doesn't care. But interesting nonetheless. Got a big day of NFL action today, Mike. You you updated us earlier on Twitter. I was I was shocked. I mean, I, I you know when I was going back and compelling, uh, I, we got week two, week three, week four, the week that all three of us made picks. Our picks are we're we're good. I mean, all four, three of us are good. So it was pretty uh, pretty awesome. Uh, Ashley's twenty four and 60 percent winning percentage, which if she was uh, in the uh, ESPN. NFL experts pick them thing. There's 13 columns of picks that they have. She would have been better than eight of those guys. And Woo. you are, uh, Kelly's 25 and 15, like 62.5%, I think is what it was, or something like that. And you would have been better than 12 out of 13. So that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. And then, uh, then I was, I'm 26 and 14, 65%, which would have put me at the top. The best picker of the ESPN experts out there, if if we compare to those guys, I mean that's, you know, so we're right up there with the, uh, with the uh, with the pros picking the games with the uh, Gold Golick and Schlereth and all those guys. Tom Jackson, who by the way, Tom Jackson, the former Louisville football player, I think is the best of those ESPN experts as far as uh, who had the best record. Oh, okay, not, not as good as mine, but you know, okay. still good. So Mike's so modest. Now. <laughs> That is interesting, though. Tom Jackson has to rank up there as far as the list that we were talking about earlier as far as face of the program. Not necessarily just because he had a great career with the Broncos, but because of the success he's went on to after the fact. Right. As an analyst. Yeah. Probably one of the most respected analysts out there, right? I mean. 
He's definitely up there. Collinsworth has plenty of connections to Kentucky also. You want to, anybody want to take a guess on who, out of the uh, ESPN experts, who has the worst record, actually below 500 record as far as picking games? Hmm. That's a name we all know, by the way. If you can think of NFL talent, NFL ESPN talent. Berman? Keyshawn Jackson. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson. Keyshawn Johnson, okay. As the worst. Uh, it's tough to do. You know who's real good at it? It's Colin Coward for some reason. Yeah, he's not on here. They have uh, like Golick and Merrill Hodge and Jaws and uh, Mortensen and Schlereth and Tom Jackson, Keyshawn, Dicka, Chris Carter. That's who they got on here. So We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. Call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. We appreciate Brandon, all his, his uh, support each and every week. Be sure to stay tuned for more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Cold Lounge and here in the new OGLP, you know, original gangsters in the house. This is going out to all my homeboys on the streets and all the brothers locked down. It's been a long time since I hit you with freestyle. High-tech selection from the vaults of the ice files. Kick back, relax, and watch as I melt wax. Don't ever let a brother like me ride a dope track. Because once I hit it with the vocal tone, it's mine. Get out my face. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Had to turn down the volume there as I sensed an F-bomb maybe coming, but I don't think there was. Ice-T, Mind Over Matter. Ice-T. That's maybe my favorite Ice-T song ever. I'm surprised you have a favorite Ice-T song ever. That's... That's, uh, you know, the best. Well, you know. You know, you're the man of... I am Kelly Patrick. You are Kelly Patrick. So uh, let's get back to this whole thing uh, of, you know, of the trencher, Twitter rant of Louisville bloggers, especially, because I don't want to single anybody out, who, instead of wanting to give Kentucky any credit last night for pulling off a major win, just talking about how bad the SEC East is. Okay. I haven't seen this, but I believe you. And I'll throw this in there. If you want to drop someone's name, that would be okay, too. I'm not going to do it. I don't don't want anybody going to their sites. So, you know. Wow, that's that's serious. And there's there's other people. There's people on Facebook, UL fans in general, that just, you know, think that that it's not Kentucky's any good. It's that the SEC East is terrible. It doesn't. Would you say that their schedule this year is as strong as it has been in the past? Well... I mean, they have to play the whole East, which is still everybody. They're not playing Alabama. They're not playing. No, they're, but they're playing LSU instead of Alabama. But LSU is looking like they might be kind of vulnerable, and they got to play Mississippi State, who's probably going to be in the top. Well, is going to be in the top ten for sure next week. Um, My argument with this is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're in Conference USA. To me, it doesn't matter if you were. You have the toughest schedule in the country. It doesn't matter. What matters is. The feel and the excitement and the level of success that you achieve over the course of a season, right? If the SEC is down, which it seems that their schedule, right? We can say South Carolina's down, right? Well, yeah, but at the same time, South Carolina's underperformed. This was a team that a lot of people picked to be in the 14 playoff, that people picked in the top 10, that Mike Davis was a legitimate front runner for the Heisman. And now they've lost three games. And now they've lost three games, including to Kentucky and Missouri. 
and that so that hurts. But they beat Georgia. So I mean, to me, it just shows the parity in the SEC East is so strong that you know anybody can beat anybody unless your name is Vanderbilt. That uh, you know, and Vanderbilt still played South Carolina tough. I mean, to a ten point game and played Kentucky to a ten point game. It wasn't like that it was a, they were blowouts, but at the same time, I just feel like there's a whole lot more parity there than people want to give it credit if for. If you are a fan who gets so caught up in the rivalry that you put your energy into degrading the others at all costs, the, the others' success that they're having, it goes both ways. Absolutely. Kentucky fans certainly do it. Especially to in basketball. Especially in basketball. Um, then I, I, I think it's a waste of energy. It's negative energy. Right. I, I turn to sports as an outlet for enjoying my life. And I enjoy my life through other outlets also. But I enjoy sports. I don't look to get into the negative energy side of things. But, I mean, there may be some truth to what they're saying. The SEC's down a little bit, maybe. Again, I'm going to go back to the second ratings because that's the only thing I can pull everybody for. Every team, except for Vandy in the SEC, is in the top 40 in the second ratings. There's only four ACC teams in the top 40 in the second ratings. Okay. Louisville is one of those, by the way. Louisville's 25th in the second ratings. That's the only measuring stick we can really... It's an unbiased measuring stick. Unbiased, yes. So maybe the parity is more existing in the SEC East and across the SEC this year than, than other years. They're beating up on each other. They are beating up on each other. Uh, maybe it's it's there's much more parity this year, but maybe the top SEC teams aren't as great as years past. Something along those lines. That's really splitting hairs. I mean, it does it matter? Kentucky is certainly on an upward trajectory. Yeah, but I st- cannot take that away from. Them. I mean, I still feel like there's a a portion of the Louisville fan base that that does not want to recognize that. Maybe that, it's that, that just, they just says don't Kentucky. Care. No, Maybe. they do like, care because they, they didn't care. They wouldn't say anything. So here's my issue with Kentucky fans in general. Like, let's hear it. My issue is that to a lot of fans, the UK fans, like UK being the center of everyone's is the center of their universe. You expect everyone else to be on the bandwagon with you, and we're not. So then it's like. You all are hating on Kentucky. Well, maybe some people actually say it out loud, like, you all aren't that good. You're just playing bad teams, which were the same things that UK fans said about L last year. Um, and this year. And even this year. So I think at the end of the day, it really that could be said either way. And it really doesn't matter, like, in the grand scheme of things. If Kentucky, like, focuses forward and they just keep winning and UK fans focus on UK and not what other people say, which is what of L is doing. That is not what U of L fans. U of L fans are looking for and <laughs> to what they're playing because we're concerned about our own schedule. We're concerned about what our that's quarterback what is going to be looking like. And to me, that's what I see when people write on Facebook and Twitter. They're talking about, oh, this is going to be interesting to see how we play next week or whatever. No one's talking about the UK game. That's what you do, except for UK fans. I think that and again, we talked about this to a lot of UK fans. That Louisville game is kind of their bowl game because they didn't expect to go to a bowl game, but now maybe they are going to a bowl game. I mean, now that Louisville game could be the game that they need to win to go to the bowl game. I mean, uh, much more exciting for the state of of college football within Kentucky today than it was four weeks ago. I totally agree with that. Right? Overall, Louisville has lost their chances of you know the fairy tale, um, just amazing season run of maybe going ten and two or eleven and one or, or undefeated like I, I did hear people say. Yeah. That's out the window, obviously. 
I don't even know why that was ever in the window. I don't either. <laughs> Maybe I didn't voice my disagreement with that as loud as I should have. But in the back of my mind, I, I certainly didn't pick them to go undefeated. No. I think everybody who did, obviously, was getting a little ahead of themselves and believed in Will Gardner a little bit too much. I think we can all say that. Yes. I would say he probably was the biggest disappointment of the season. But at the end of the day, there's going to be people who hate on the other school, no matter what. The more of that that happens, the stronger the fan bases are. The stronger the rivalry is. The better it is for quantifiably evaluating how strong college football is within our state. So despite the fact that it's negative energy, and I really don't like talking about it, it's indicative of a strong rivalry. And the fact that it's spilling over into college football reflects on a very passionate fan base from both sides. And the reality of it being that we've probably haven't talked college basketball in October and probably for the last three weeks. We haven't. And I did a tease earlier, and I said, you know, we can always talk college basketball. Nobody bit on it. We've got college football. They're practicing right now. Basketball is practicing. What? Basketball? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we have basketball teams here? Yeah, I guess so. Possibly. Is this the first the first season in the last five or six that UK fans actually were paying attention to football? Well, I I'm going to be real As fair, a whole. and I'm going to give As an honest opinion. UK fans didn't start paying attention to football until last night. Okay, I so that. Uh, I mean, I'm still heading. Well, and the Vanderbilt crowd was was decent, but they. St- the first couple home games that they had, and Kentucky's 4-0 at home for the first time since like 2009 or something like that. The first couple of home games they had, the the stadium was not full by any means. I mean, it was mostly full, but there were still those upper deck sections that were, you know, where there was complete empty rows. And now, hopefully that's, the to me, the turning point of what happened last night with Kentucky is that they beat South Carolina in a very exciting way. The crowd was electric, so there was it was pretty much impossible for you to be wearing blue and not have fun last night, right? Oh my goodness. I was no matter with, how cold it was. I was with nine Kentucky fans who were just having the time of their life last night. So then that leads them to come to the back to the game next week, even though they're playing Louisiana Monroe, right? Momentum is everything. You're right. Yeah. Momentum is everything. And getting this fan base back engaged is huge and then uh that's why i say it, it has so much more to i mean the, the the engagement of the fan base for western kentucky was not diminished by the fact that they lost yesterday in my opinion no it's the the feel and the support and the emotional ties from the fan base to their team and all three programs within the state are still and are on a, a very solid uptick so to continue, I guess. All right, you, uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to sabotage your point. No, you're not. I, I mean, again, but you, we talk about Louisville's on an uptick, Kentucky's on an uptick. Those tra- are those trajectories mirroring themselves, or is there one that's different than the other? Because I'm seeing a point here where Kentucky's definitely on more of an uptick because they were much lower. Exactly, they were right. Uh, yes, yeah, undoubtedly they were. We've they were, we, no one was talking about them going 12 and 0 before the season. In his, in historically, Does that mean that Louisville fans are delusional? Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I thought they were going to go ten and two. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, to mean, an extent, if someone said twelve and zero, they're a little delusion there. But no one was saying Kentucky was going to go ten and two. I don't think anybody said Kentucky was going six and six. No. So, so Kentucky fans were starting from a much lower place. Right. With that being said, 
the unfortunate thing that I've seen with this rivalry in football is we've seen the pass cross, for example, 2007 when Stevie got loose and Louisville just hired Crackthorpe and they were on the way down and Kentucky was on the way up and then they crossed again after Charlie Strong was hired and Joker was hired and you know then Louisville back on the uptake. What's it going to take to get both these programs to sustain that upward trajectory where they're both? It's tough. It's it is tough. Keep Bobby Petrino is the is the formula for Louisville in my opinion. I agree I, with you. I still believe completely in Bobby, and if we have longevity out of him, I think Louisville will get to a point where they are. They'll be back in the same the, conversation they were before he left. Consistently in the top twenty-five. Yep. I don't have any other. I don't think they're going to be winning a national championship in the next five years. I don't. You disagree with I me? I would give you five. Five? I would say five. We'd be talking. They're talking about it for sure. Okay. I would actually say after three or between three and five, like our name is being brought up in serious conversation because I it would could think happen. about the last time he was here. When he left, we were the beginning of that season. We're preseason. I think top. 10 maybe, Orange Bowl. We started the next season, actually, after he was already gone, preseason top 10. And obviously that was like the fastest fall-off in NCAA football history. Still I don't know. Vandy's pretty bad right now. No, I mean like, well, I guess. Were they ranked last year? Uh, they were close to it, if not. Yeah, because I think we were like ranked in the top 10 at the beginning of the season based right. off of who was coming back. and then When like, Brian Brom came back? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Like, that was a horrible drop-off. Season game one. But you didn't lose about 40 to disappear. Temple. Yeah. No, we got Cragthorped. You did. And that's a real word now. It's in the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> it is, right? You're so Cragthorped. You, you got Cragthorped. Oh, man. So so the, the, the getting that trajectory of these, both these programs in the same way, uh, to me, would be... Kind of, kind of awesome to see if we could sustain that, you know, and um, turn into a, a true college sports state, not just a college basketball state. Because that, let's be honest, despite all the upward trajectory and all the talk that we've had today, we're still just a college basketball state, right? Yeah, with, with good college baseball. So, um, but no one cares about it, really. <laughs> it comes down to it. So they're uh, both in good conferences. Western yeah. Kentucky's emerging in a somewhat a reputable conference, I guess, in Conference USA. Um, but you just got to keep Bobby Petrino. You got to hope you can keep Stoops because Lu- Kentucky is, as far as progressing, they are where Louisville was five years ago or four years ago. They have a coach that they're just now hoping that they get to keep him for a while because obviously he's doing a great job, and you just got to hope that you can keep keep a hold of him. We're going to head to our last break of the show. Give us a call, 502-384-1450. You can still squeeze in. We've got about 10 minutes of actual airtime left. Picking NFL games. Picking NFL games in the last segment. Be sure to stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Mike Gandolfo here, Kelly Patrick, and Ashley Miller. And we are uh, to the point of the show where we are going to start talking some NFL and hopefully uh, get our picks in here and uh, enjoy. Are you? Uh, how's your fantasy football team doing? Oh, he's put on his headset. Ashley, you play, do you play fantasy football? I do not. No? I don't. Any, any, any 
desire to play fantasy football at all? No, I don't have one. It's really I have no desire. It's really the only real thing that keeps me interested on a week in week out basis in the NFL. I've went through some interesting. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good. I've went through some interesting phases in my fantasy fantasy football life. Yes. I've got burnt out on it. I've been playing fantasy football for about 15 years. And a couple years, uh, probably five, six years ago, I, I just said I'm not doing it this year. Because I've got so much other stuff going on. It just takes a little bit of time. I'm not very good at it. I don't feel like I put that much time into it. Uh, it's kind of frustrating. So what's your record right now? I'm in three leagues. Yeah. One of them I'm in, what, how many seasons? Games 0 4 0 and 4 All right. And then I think I'm 1-3 in another. Okay. So hopefully you're in the one that you're 4-0 in is the one that can win you the most money. Um, I think they're all pretty similar. $50 buy-ins type thing, 12 okay. or 14 teams. Yeah. So. I'm 3-1 right now. So I'm, and I'm playing a team today that's 4-0. So, and I was really uh, – the guy, his quarterback is, is is Rogers. So Rogers like tore it up Thursday night early, and I'm like, oh man, I'm done. And then uh, uh, luckily the Packers took him out and kind of started running the ball, so he ended up not having the greatest fancy day that he possibly could have. So I'm excited today. Hopefully, I can get get a win, get a win today and get back to the top of the league. But let's talk about the games today. And we're gonna, you all ready to make your picks? I am. I am. Ashley, all right. We're gonna start with the Bears. At Carolina, Carolina is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm picking Chicago. Ashley picks Chicago. Kelly, who you got? The Bears in who? Carolina. <sighs> Carolina. All right. I mean, I go back and forth on this one because Carolina's been so Jekyll and Hyde. Their defense has been terrible the last couple weeks. I Cleveland at Tennessee. Cleveland is a one-and-a-half-point road favorite. I'm picking the Browns. The Browns. Tennessee. All right. Kelly, are you just trying to be different? <laughs> what? <laughs> Every week. Is that what I do? No. No, That's sometimes you try to be different. Sometimes then you go for... It just so... Ha- guys, I mean, kind of like the Katy Perry rumors that are started earlier. About you and Katy Perry? Yeah. You know, there's just a I lot- tweeted that. What if she writes you back and says... You tweeted that at her? Yeah, I tweeted at both of you. Oh, what? there you go. <laughs> Call me. People just always overanalyze every step of my life. I'm taking Tennessee as well. Um... Yes, because you're just... You I'm know, just that big of a star. You are. You are. I'm taking Tennessee at home. All right, the uh, St. Louis Rams are a one or a five-point, sorry, five-point underdog going to Philadelphia. Yeah, I've got the Eagles in this game. The Eagles? Kelly? Eagles. All right, I've got to take the Eagles as well. Tough to go against that team. Yeah, right I'm now. hoping they have a big, big offensive day. Um, Atlanta at the Giants, and the Giants are a four-point favorite. Can you figure out what's going on in Atlanta right now? Atlanta is so like I, I'm. I'm picking Atlanta today. You are picking, but Atlanta. they're so on again, off again. Very much so. I mean, they look. They didn't look all that great against the Teddy Bridgewater. They know? look horrible one week. They, they looked, looked horrible they against the Bengals. The against the Bengals, they were horrible. And then they come around, and you know their two wins. They look pretty mm-hmm. good. Yep. And the who are you taking here in New York? New York. I'm going to Giants. I'm taking the I was Giants talking to my well. buddy Scotty about it a couple weeks ago. I have trouble betting against Eli Manning and the Giants. I don't know why. I, I've been burnt by them too much. You have got I, the biggest Manning man crush of all you time. Do. You do. You've said Peyton Manning, Manning like Eli a thousand Manning. times a day. Now I have. Now I'm jumping on So, 
Like, and then we talked about threesomes. So, like, would you want like a Manning, Katy Perry kind of threesome? Oh. No, there are other brothers that I would certainly go for over that. <laughs> okay, we're not going to go. We're, we are not going enough. there today. All right, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. New Orleans is a ten and a half point favorite. I'm picking New Orleans. Yeah, I got to take New Orleans. God, they're playing pretty bad, but I'll go with New Orleans. Yeah, but Tampa might be the worst team in the league, right? Like, between them and Oakland, are they still winless? Game. Yeah, they did. Got to go with New Orleans, though. All right. They got Drew Brees. Houston at everyone's America's team, the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys are a six-point home favorite. And, again, I said, as last week, it's killing me to pick Dallas. Dallas has been looking really good. DeMarco Murray, I think, leads the NFL in rushing still. Got to go with the Cowboys. He's got 534 yards on the season. How about them Cowboys? Amazing. And the defense, the, the, the amount of... A turnaround that the defense has had is really amazing. They were horrible last year on defense, horrible week one, and now they're just really hot. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's because I think Jason Garrett has realized that he has a really bonafide, solid running back, and it hasn't been throw first. They're going to a run first offense. I mean, really, Des Bryant, because of that, is not having a great year. I mean, because he's not the primary source of the offense, uh, uh, Murray is. So. All right, the uh, the Lions host the Buffalo Bills. The Lions are a six point home favorite. Lions. I think this could be a trap game though, but I, I'm, I'm taking Detroit. So it doesn't sound like you think it's a trap game if you're taking. Detroit. I think it's gonna. Be, I don't think they're gonna cover. Okay, I'm going Detroit also. Uh, Indianapolis is a three point home favorite against Baltimore. This definitely could be a trap. This game. is a tough one. The old rivalry between the old franchise, right? Yeah, and the new, right? You know what? I'm going with the Colts. The Colts. If I go with my formula for the way I'm picking my games, Uh-oh, which I can't a... tell you. Well, come on. I'm picking the Colts. Well, I'll since, tell you at the end of the season. Since you're Cuter. last place out of the three of us, I'm okay if you don't tell us. Well, I just actually implemented this strategy last week. So. And you, were, you had a good week last week. So. Yeah, so it's doing okay so far. I think you were uh, like 9-3 and three last week. Yeah. Kel? I'll go – that is tough. I'll go Colts. Uh, I got to go Colts as well because I need Trent Richardson to play well. So Pittsburgh is a seven-point road favorite at Jacksonville. Can Blake Bortles lead Jacksonville to a big upset victory? I'm big in the Steelers. Steelers, no question. I can't go against a spread that spread that big. I mean, seven points. Vegas usually gets it right, so I'm going with the Steelers as well. Arizona, this is now to me. This game, the spread is way wrong, and this game could be really entertaining. Arizona at Denver. Denver is a seven and a half point favorite at home. Vegas knows something. They do know the something. Fact that they're, isn't Arizona undefeated? Yeah, and, and yeah, they are. And the toughest division in football. They, you know, I, this is going to be a great game. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question about it. I don't think I can't see this being a seven and a half point spread on this game. I'm following Kelly's man crush, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going with the Broncos. I'm going Broncos. I'm, Peyton Manning's the best regular season quarterback in the history of the league. I'm taking the Broncos as well, but I definitely don't think that spreads right. All right, now here's the what I think is the trap game. Of course, it's because you always feel this way when it's your team. Of the weekend, but Alex Smith and the Kansas City Chiefs are coming back to San Francisco. Alex Smith's coming to San Francisco to play the Niners. The Niners are a five point home favorite. 
Um, and Alex Smith is quietly having a very good season, uh, despite Jamal Charles not playing really well. Yes. Um, Perfect for Andy Reid's offense. He is. And so this this game, as a Niners fan, scares the crap out of me. we got to hurry up. Just a couple minutes left. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the Chiefs also. All right, I'm taking the Niners because I'm not taking against my team. All right. The Jets go to San Diego. San Diego is a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. I'm I'm uh, taking the I'm taking the Chargers. 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 All right. One minute. All right. Less gonna, than a minute. I'm going to skip the Sunday night game and go to the Monday night game. We got Seattle at wa- at oh, Washington. Oh, okay. I'm going to skip it. I'm, we're going to go back to it. Well, we we only have 20 seconds. Okay. Well, real quick, Seattle and Washington. Washington. Seattle. All right. I'm taking Seattle and then Kelly's Bengals tonight against New England Patriots in New England. I'm Bengals. taking the Bengals. I'm taking Bengals. Bengals. Thank you, Brandon J. Lawrence. Thank you to everyone who's listening today. Be sure to tune in next Sunday from 10 until noon for more of the weekend.